Welcome to this edition of TFL's Capital Connection. Folks, there's a lot in the news about transgenderism. I just want to say about this podcast, um, the real story behind transgenderism, death, and suicide. Stay tuned. We're going to have some really shocking, uh, very important statistics in a while. But first, Ryan, you are present and testifying in a subcommittee at the Iowa State Capitol yesterday when this topic came up. How does that relate to transgender death, suicide, the real story? Yeah, so yesterday I got to testify on the governor's parental rights and education bill that we talked about last week. It passed the Senate, and now it's over in the House, and actually just got out of committee today, so that's good. Um, But during the testimony, a mother came up, and she had a minute to talk, and she comes up and starts telling a story about her seven-year-old boy who, you know, thinks thinks, uh, he's a girl and is supported by his mother in that, is running out in the traffic and and trying to harm himself, you know, in any way he knows how, uh, because of bills like this are being passed. And of course, the bill uh, tries to get gender identity and sexual orientation out of uh, classrooms K through six. Um, it requires parents to be notified about, you know, pronoun changes or anything like that. So it's pretty common sense stuff. But she's she comes up there and she's literally saying that these legislators are killing her child. Her child's trying to kill her kill himself because he's wow. running out in the traffic. It's just it's mind blowing. I. It t- took me aback, but um, yeah, it's, it's a very real issue. They, they always come back to, we're killing people. We're killing people. Just being so truth. keeping parents informed of what their children are saying or doing in a public school is somehow killing those children. Right. And they said uh, it's not affirming them. So we're supposed to affirm them, not let the parents know. Um, if you don't do that, they're going to drive themselves uh, to kill themselves. So Okay, so the truly loving thing to do is keep it from the parents, keep the parents in the dark, affirm this seven-year-old or a 12-year-old or what have you to go uh, have hormone treatments, have their, uh, in a girl's case, have her breasts removed, in boys' and girls' cases, have their genitals mutilated. That's what will make the child happy and prevent suicide. That's the argument? That's the claim, and, and we saw how that played out earlier this week in, in Tennessee. A very, you know, tragic scenario. Three kids died. Three uh, teachers died at a Christian school. Um, transgender uh, woman comes in after they passed a law similar to what I was passing, and you can tell there's just serious mental illness. It's just wicked, and it's just it's horrible. Um, but that's that's what they're they're saying. It's our fault because we're not affirming them through our legislation. So we're going to get to the real story behind transgenderism, death, and suicide here in just a short while. But Danny, why don't you share a thought with our listening audience, and then Becca, bring that research that shows the real story. Okay. I'd like to make a point from Scripture in a moment, Chuck. But first of all, I'd like to take the opportunity on this podcast to send out our prayers and and to express to the families in Nashville our our heartache for the loss of life at that Christian school. Regardless of the public setting, a shooting like that is is disturbing, uh, discouraging, depressing. Um, but we all feel a particular sense of, of sorrow when it takes place where young children are because uh, not only did three children and three adults lose their lives, but uh, all the other students at that school 
are forever scarred by that experience and will have to find a way to carry uh, with them throughout the rest of their life that memory of of that of that awful day and uh, regardless of who the perpetrator is and whatever the motives Mm -hmm. it's just an awful it's an awful thing and and our hearts break with those families but back to this issue at hand and yeah perhaps it's somewhat related uh, obviously but, you know, we always try to find our, our firm footing uh, in Scripture uh, when we're trying to come to terms with these, uh, these kinds of issues. As, uh, as our president and CEO is fond of saying, uh, God created it, nature reveals it, and good science backs it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning with God created it, uh, you need look no further than first, uh, Genesis 1, 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So maybe the problem is rebelling against God's image and his... Yeah, if you reject scriptural truth, then what? Then maybe your thinking will go awry and you will self-harm or harm others. Rebecca, I'd like you to share with our listeners the real story about transgenderism, death, and suicide. Can you share uh, some some really good, important, in-depth research with our listeners? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Chuck, it, it, I'm happy to share it, but it boils down to one part of these, these kids are hurting, and they're hurting a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and surgery and drugs are not going to heal them, mm. um, regardless of what everybody else thinks. So I'm going to share a couple of studies with you all. Um, in 2014, a study was done to find that 62.7% of patients that are diagnosed with gender dysphoria have at least one co-occurring disorder, and of that, 33% were then found to have major depressive disorders, which are linked to the suicide ideation. It's showing that there's more to it. Transgender transitioning is not going to solve this problem. There's mm-hmm. something underlying in that cause. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in Sweden, they conducted a study in 2011 um, that explored the 30-year outcomes for people who had gone through sex reassignment surgery. Um, in that study, they point out that 10 to 15 years after surgical reassignment, the suicide rate of those who had undergone sex reassignment surgery rose to 20 times that of comparable peers. Wow. It's not solving the problem. It's not solving it. At all. And so, as we've discussed as a team here, and as I've heard up at the Capitol, maybe somebody's going through a crisis and they think short term, this is going to um, salve some of my pain. This, the, if if uh, if I change my gender, I'm going to feel better. But the facts show that that's not the case. That long term, that is not a solution. And again, why would we think it would be a solution when they're directly violating God's design for their life? And and Becca, don't you think? Uh uh, listening to you talk about that study in Sweden 10 to 15 years later, wouldn't that be just about the time that an adult would start thinking about having children? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or mm-hmm. grandchildren, perhaps. Yeah. And suddenly recognize that because of decisions that were made when they were yet a minor, 
mm-hmm. not fully capable of mature adult reasoning, thought, thinking ahead. Their ability to procreate, to have children, was eliminated God. forever. Yes. When they were just a child. And now, 10 to 15 years later, suddenly wake up one day and realize, I'm never going to have children. I'm never going to have grandchildren. I'm likely to find myself alone someday in a nursing home. And none of my children are going to come and visit me. They're not going to bring grandchildren over at Christmas time. It's just not going to happen. Correct. Why would we be surprised that they would be 20 times more likely to suicide. Isn't it ironic, Ryan, that that testimony given at committee, was that just yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. That they're over, overly concerned trying to sort of almost blackmail those legislators by holding uh, the suicide of children over their heads, you know, either do this or don't do this or else children are going to die that they use that as an argument when, in fact, just the opposite is true 10 to 15 years later. And I'm not I'm not identifying my point the way I wish I could. But, um, yeah, suicide is an issue. The very thing they're trying to discourage ends up being the very thing that they encourage just later in life. Right. I think that's I mean. The truth is the most loving thing you can give somebody, and I know it's. It sounds nice to just affirm their what, what their truth or what they call. You know, <laughs> this this is how I feel. Affirm how I feel, um, and that might be very feel very kind and feel very nice, but it's not loving at all because it, it, it's sending them down a horrible path. So I've heard it said that Christians should not try to be nicer than Jesus was. Okay, we think of nice Jesus. But Jesus told it like it was because that was the most loving thing. He actually said things like repent. And so it isn't kind for the legislature to just say, okay, go ahead and have your child mutilated. That's not the kind thing to do. And so they're getting a lot of grief, but they're doing the right thing. And I'm praising God that we have a legislature and a governor who recognizes common sense, who recognizes that God created it and that nature reveals it and that good science, as Becca brought us, backs it up. So I just want to thank you for listening. Sad, sad week. A lot of angst, a lot of hatred, a lot of back and forth at the Capitol. But we've got to stand firm on God's word and good science. And that's the most loving thing we can do. So thank you for listening to TFL's Capital Connection. We'll talk to you again. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.